Hello and welcome to the Reading Entertainment Podcast, episode 406 for what's the date today? July 2nd, 2023. My name is Nathan Reeton Spruth. Joining me this week, we have Andrew Roa McFain. I'm back. Feel, feeling better this week? Yeah. That's good. And we are also joined by Connor, the cyberpunk monk, Besh. It's me coming to you live from Nathan's basement. How much did it annoy you when... We did another podcast, and some the host called you Bishi. I mean, whatever. Oh, it's like I, I think some people don't put in the effort to try to get the name in right, and you know, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you, your last name doesn't even end with an E, does it? No, I no. Like I said, dude, people don't always put in the minimum of effort that you expect out of them. But it's really my fault for expecting more out of them. That makes Shame sense. So, uh, Aroa, where can we find both you and Cyberpunk Monk? Well, you can head over to... You are still Aroa really quiet, one. by the way. You're, you're really quiet. No, I'm know? not. That is a lie. You're, you're quiet. How's that? A, li- a that little better? bit better. A little anyway, bit better. Anyway, where where can we find? I you? can make it bigger. <laughs> where oh, can we please. find I you? Can, I can do more. You okay. want that? That that's that? a lot better. That is, is that yeah, baby that's boy? quite a bit better. Yeah, yeah. That's quite uh, a bit better. Yeah, yeah, that's much better. Thank you, sir. Go to Road that website. Perfect. All of our links I'll are burn there. Burn your house down if you don't. No, don't say that. I'll do it. You don't have don't to. Don't do that. Don't do that. This I got is... away with it once. <laughs> No, you Look, did not. What you did in Cambodia during the late 80s is nobody but your business. My, I don't think Aro was born in the late 80s. My, my sister said an alleyway on fire once. Anywho. Yeah? Is there anything uh, Connor wants to bring attention to? Yeah, if you're checking us out on our social medias or whatever, uh, any, like anywhere that you could find fine podcasts, you could find mine. It's called Clinton's Core Classics, a Rise of the Rune Lords first edition actual play podcast. It's it's good. We're almost done, and we're remastering season one, so you could listen to like the first 16 episodes, and it's not awful. Yay, yeah, that's they, great. We needed some work. We weren't always the ones editing it. No, it would have been nice if we had the original audio, or if we had a way of getting the original audio, but it doesn't seem it would do. be so much nicer we, you know we, we do what we can with what we have and at least it's listenable now i wonder if if aiden would be able to talk to the old editor and see if they still have all the original files but probably not anyway probably not uh you can find me nathan reen spruth i'm reading everywhere uh, the major one is Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Reeton, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific time to 9 p.m. Pacific time. I play, uh, I play a lot of games. That's what I do. Play too many games. That's what I do. And we'll talk about some other social media stuff here in, in a little bit. But first, I want to ask Connor what games he's played this week. Uh, you know, the ones that I usually play. I've played a little bit of Space Station 13. I've been playing that Mega Man Battle Network 2. Pretty close to being finished with it, but 
because I have the sickness of being a completionist, I'm doing a lot of the grindy stuff. That's not interesting to talk about. One game I do want to talk about, though, is they remade slash remastered Destroy All Humans 2 uh, semi-recently. I think it came out a few years ago now at this point. This game originally came out when I was like 13 or so. And I have just the most fond memory of being home, sick with the flu, like in that, that brain fevery kind of mindset, just being so entertained by this game. And going back and playing it now, uh, not, not only just the gloss up, but like with the updates that they've done to it, just being able to navigate the world quickly has been a delight. I don't know if this game holds up if you didn't play the original and you're not a nostalgia junkie uh, like I am, but if you are, boy does it do that job well of scratching the, the, the nostalgia itch. Good. I, I've never played it. I believe I played the original demo for the original Xbox for Destroy All Humans, but I've never actually played the full game. It looks fun, just not a game that I, I've ever picked up and you know, actually sat down and played for a while. I'm not going to say it's a make-your-own-fun game, because like there are mission objectives and like a growth progression system, but as far as being a sandbox that you can entertain yourself with, phenomenal. Good. Any other games to that are noteworthy before we move on to Aurora? It is the Steam sale, so I guess it's worth mentioning that I picked up a couple of games. Oh, good. Uh, I, I guess uh, the, the Final Fantasy VII, not the remake, but the original was on sale, so I picked that up for PC because I've now owned that game on, like, eight different consoles. Make uh, sure, well, make sure to download a mod to put better audio because the audio is awful in the pc version unless they've already done that i'm not against doing that i am interested almost exclusively in playing this game on my steam deck uh so we will see uh i can't imagine it wouldn't support that right and then so, there's there, there's also you, mad max okay oh, i was gonna say before you move on i i remember playing final fantasy 8 on my pc and we spoke about it on the podcast that just ran like garbage on the pc but then I loaded Final Fantasy VIII onto my Steam Deck. Runs way better. Runs flawlessly. And I okay. don't know why. But uh, you also got Mad Max. Isn't that a... Yeah, I got the Mad Max game. That's another one that also came out a while ago, but it was like 8 bucks or something like that. Uh, no, it's 5 bucks on the Steam sale. If you've never played this game before, it is so worth 5 bucks. It is... It, the combat's a little bit samey, I guess. But the visuals are so stunning that it makes up for it you know, tenfold. Go play this game. I hear good things about Mad Max. It, it's pretty much generally uh, reviewed as way better than it should be. Yes. You know the, the Batman Arkham games? Now you have a cool car and a world you can explore. It, it's good. Pick it up. It's good. Yeah. Five bucks. No brainer. And we're going to move on. We're going to talk about Aroa. Uh, first off, did you buy anything in the Steam sale? No. Okay, what games have you played this week? <laughs> uh, I've been mainly playing Diablo. Uh, I'm kind of stuck in a loop right now of my time is entirely either Diablo, WoW, or trying to finish Zelda. Uh, Just do one. There, it, 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 Just do one at a time. That's what I do. Yeah, that would probably be the smart thing to do. It's uh the the problem, at least partially, is that like with Diablo, 
you know, you have that, you have that FOMO. Yeah. And do they release, do they release like, oh, this week you can get this item, but you have to do 4,000 hours of playtime. They're probably going to do that with seasons. Okay. That's the thing is I'm, you have to, you have to get through the main story to unlock like a lot of other shit. Like just other systems, including being able to ride a fucking mount, which I think is kind of dumb. But I I get it. It's so that like you got to do it the hard way once, you know, and then then you can kind of coast through everything else after that on your next playthrough. But it sucks, and like I'm just trying to sort of force my way through it, and it it hasn't helped that I've restarted the game four times now because. I get to like level 20 ish and I'm like, man, this, this character just isn't fun or this game is broken, uh, which is kind of how I felt playing as a sorcerer or whatever the hell it's called. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. It like something fucking some switch in the game logic flipped at whenever I hit level 25 and it was like, no, now everything one shots you. Oh no. So I I have nightmare experience. I have read that whoever produced the game, like the lead producer or or director of the game, had said that the game actually doesn't start until after you beat it. Right, and like, because because like you don't get access to nightmare dungeons, you can't really do world quests. You like they're there are multiple systems that like you just can't even touch them even if you wanted to until you get to end game. So that sounds pretty much exactly like wow though. Yeah, it it, yeah. it is in in a lot of ways. So I like it's fine. It's just just like in wow <laughs> the the actual getting through the the main chunk of it is is tedious. I I kind of well, don't I, I'm like having that. fun though. I'm not I'm not gonna lie like like I am having fun with it uh restarting the game multiple times notwithstanding but like it, it now I'm I'm on barbarian the only class I haven't played yet is druid yeah, uh, I tell you barbarians I, are the best I mean I I hated doing it because it just feels like such a default choice like it, yeah. it feels like it feels like the dumb person choice but I'm having the most fun being That's a barbarian good. like it the only the only weirdness is it's like really hard to because all of the all the classes have like very obvious preset builds that you're meant to use because it's like the the sorcerer every one of your ability classes uh has a lightning ability or a fire ability uh or an ice ability. And so whenever you're going down the the skill tree, you're pretty much like if you want to play the game the way that the developers intended, then you're going to pick all ice or all fire or whatever. And I'm sure that there are some cool things that you can do by mixing and matching here and there, but it's very plain to see that like all the ice abilities synergize with each other where like this one will do more damage uh, based on a status effect inflicted by this other spell that is also ice. Like, it, it, it's just 
every single one of them is built like that. So I'm a bleed barbarian right now. And the awkwardness has been that like, there are very large pieces of this build that I don't have access to because I haven't gotten far enough down the, the skill tree and it just makes everything feel weird. There's not an, I don't know. It's like, like I get it that in a way that that's how it has to be, but I would just wish it felt better. That makes sense. Yeah, you. I, I, I imagine you wish there was a little bit more freedom to how you I, did the I wish, builds. I wish that there were more on the lower end, just general use abilities, rather than feeling like you have to specialize from the very start of your build. And I, I've always kind of felt that way with World of Warcraft or like League of Legends, where people will just come out and say, this is how you play this character. And you don't... Yes, we know that there are other items you can attach and you can learn skills in different like ways and or different skills. But if you do that, you're wrong. So you have to do it this way because you the otherwise you're not doing the most damage you can do. And they always upset me that there was like no real freedom. They give you the illusion of choice, but then when it comes down to it, there's only one way that people play the game. And yeah. they get mad at you if you don't play the game the way they want you to. I get what you're saying. Uh, a part of that I think is players respecting player time more than the game will and making a choice that if you don't have that decision locked in or you're not willing to pay the in-game currency to revert it to something else is going to make you fall behind other people. It seems very counterintuitive for, hey, let's get people to play our game together, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we're going to move on to me and the games I played this week. And I actually took, I actually wrote down some notes so that way I can get my thoughts here. Uh, the first game I played, I played some Myth Force. Myth Force is a roguelite game that it's on it's a, it's one of those steam demos that you can pick up is that still going on can i think you can still download the demos but steam next fest is over and it's a it's fun it is a first person rogue light they call and you get to pick one of four characters there's a mage there's an archer there's an assassin these and then there's a knight they're called different things but that's basically what they are uh, I had the most fun playing as the archer just because I didn't want to get in close because the enemies hurt me. And it was fun playing by myself, uh, but then Ash joined me uh, after a couple times, after I ran through a couple times. And it was a lot more fun playing with another person. They do increase the difficulty when you add another person in. However, I'm not sure if they increase the difficulty more if there's three or four people. Um, some games will, you, they'll, they'll have a certain amount of difficulty if you're a single person, and then they'll add on difficulty as you add people. And then other times will be like, okay, you either are a single person or multiple people. There's no difficulty. It doesn't increase the difficulty based on how many people are there. It's just if there's two people, it's this hard. And if there's four people, it's that same level of difficulty. And I don't know if Mythforce has that because I only played with one other person. But you can play with up to four people. 
and I believe the game comes out, and it's only going to be like 30 bucks. So that's it's pr- it's pretty good. And Hopefully that's just the, the compromise they did to get that demo out the door fast. Maybe. That sounds like a problem they could fix. Yeah. But also, it it has a pretty awesome opening sequence because they're trying to make it feel like a Saturday morning cartoon. And I, re- I really like that. But if you're interested... I don't know if it's like the same animation studio that's doing those very 80s inspired Saturday morning cartoon like animations for everybody, but like that's that's just kind of becoming a trope now, isn't it? And I'm okay with it. <laughs> I am de- that is one thing I am definitely okay with. Moving on, the the next game is one I've spoken about before. I'm playing through it is Dragon's Dogma and I knew that I know there's stuff after the game, right? Like it's you you do what you think is the main storyline. It gets to what would generally be the end of the game and they continue on. And I knew that because I've I've spoiled it for myself. So I do and I'm sorry I'm going to give some spoilers for a over decade old game. Uh deal with it. So you beat the game. You beat the the dragon right that's your whole thing is is to take out the dragon and the world goes to ruin right before the dragon dies he's a douchebag and puts a curse on the world and so everything like starts crumbling and higher level monsters appear and all that jazz you end up falling down a hole and they give you a massive fetch quest and that's the real ending of the game is you have to go and do this stupid fetch quest and get 20 of this incredibly rare item. And I say that because the wiki says, all right, so you have to get 20 wake stones. Wake stones are very rare in the old world, but once the world goes into ruin, uh, wake stones become way more abundant. And those people are what I call liars. Because I played for two hours in this new thing, the, the new world, and I thought, okay, they say it can drop from random creatures, right? That's, the, the wake stones are such, so abundant that they'll drop from random creatures. So I killed a bunch of random creatures, zero wake stones. And I thought to myself, okay, maybe they drop from the more powerful creatures, you know, the cyclopses and ogres, all of those things. And so I killed a bunch of ogres. I killed a bunch of cyclopses. Nothing. I killed a dragon. I killed another dragon. Still didn't get a wake stone. I'm like, uh, I killed a griffin as well. No wake stone. And I'm like, what the hell? And so I dropped back down the, the hole that I had went to before, and I found a beholder. The last thing I killed, and it dropped two wake stones. I guess you just need to go down and, and fight more of those like beholder creatures because as you go down uh, that hole, you can fight more and more powerful enemies. There's actually one dragon that you can fight uh, that will drop 20 wake stones. But it is like an online boss, which is really weird. And let's say what, I take... What does that even mean? Yeah, so I take my group there, and it says in the wiki that there's no way that any individual party 
will be able to do a ton of damage to it. So you do like 8% of its, of its damage, and other people online will also do percentages of their damage, and eventually oh. it, will, it will die. That, okay. That's cool. I yeah. Like, I like games that do that. It's neat. But also, I'm not going to go fight that dragon if I'm not going to get the 20 wake stones right away. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm currently trying to get those wake stones. Once those wake stones are done, I think that actually brings about the actual end of the game. Once I get that, then I'll be able to move on to another game. But once you get that, then you've got the dragon's dogma. I do. You can, and then I can finally reset the world. Yes, and then I can play Final Fantasy or not Final Fantasy Dragon Dogma, Dragon's Dogma Two when it comes out, which actually will have multiplayer. So I'm going to enjoy that. Moving on, the last game I played was AEW Fight Forever. I have to complain about this a little bit. Remember last year we were speaking about. Uh, somebody had come out and said, hey, this is going to be the first wrestling game included with Game Pass. Those people were liars. It oh, was it's not, not it's not on Game Pass. So I actually had to pay full price. for. Well, full price. I, I got a little bit of a discount because I bought it on Green Man Gaming. Uh, so it was like 50 bucks instead of, in, instead of 60, which I don't think it should be a $60 game. That's just me. I think it should be probably a $40 game. I had some, I had a few issues with it. Overall, I think it's a fun game. I like wrestling games, so I, I kind of have a, as long as it's not completely broken, I will generally like the wrestling game. Uh, it does have some clunky controls. I always feel that when running, it, like you press the run button and it doesn't immediately run. There's always like a half a second delay which just feels really awkward. Um, and matches are, are way too short. I beat a match in 28 seconds. No, it was 22 seconds once. Because the matches are, are way too short. To be fair to, to the game, I was kind of cheating a little bit. Oh, I didn't cheat, but I used uh, a thing in the game where you can buy... You can spend 20,000 of your in-game dollars to constantly have a special move available for the entire match. So I just started off the match with all of my finishers, and I just hit the guy with my finisher twice and then won the match. But even so, general matches will be about two to three minutes long, which is very, very short. I prefer longer matches. That's just me. There are also some missing game types like it doesn't have a steel cage match in a wrestling game in 2023 really weird is that copyright wwe no no steel cage matches are are everywhere uh, -huh. uh there oh. are some like hell in a cell right you can't call a match hell in a cell you ah, also yeah, yeah, you're right. you also you, so they have three-way dances or or three-way matches but they can't have triple threat matches because that's trademarked by WWE. Yeah. You can't have like a money in the bank match. No, right. but they have a casino battle royale. Yeah. Um they have they have a another one I forget what it's called, but it's basically a ladder match where you you get what's called the 
the golden chip or something like that. And it's basically a money in the bank match. Yeah. They also have one of the matches that they put in there was the exploding barbed wire death match where they replace the the ropes with barbed wire and then when you run into the ropes like fireworks will go off and it makes it look like it explodes a little bit. Oh. Wait, are you talking in real life or in the game? Well, in, in the game in the game and real life. Oh, cuz like that's like something that I appreciate about the was it is it Wrestling Empire? Yes, yes. Like like that while yes, in the in the actual like goings on of the game, that you're not supposed to kill other people. But But like it can absolutely happen. Yeah. And and like completely wacky things can happen. And I feel like I feel like more wrestling games should lean into that. That it's a video game and you could do really stupid shit that doesn't make any sense. Well, so they actually have an expl- they've they've had one exploding barbed wire death match. And the idea is after a certain amount of time, all of the stuff around it will blow up. Now, just so you know, in Japan they do a lot of death match things like this. Uh Mick Foley famously versus Terry uh, uh Terry Funk had had some really grueling matches like this where you know, they legit cut people open and, and all that jazz. They, for the road to Elite, which is their story mode, they will show off some like full motion video, be like, hey, this is when CM Punk came back to wrestling. And when you get to the section where they do the exploding barbed wire deathmatch, after you, after you do the match, they show off clips from the exploding barbed wire deathmatch between Kenny Omega and John Moxley. I bring this up because that match infamously ended in a, in a wet fart, basically. Um, the idea was that after the time ran out, all these fireworks around would like, you know, blow up and make it look like the ring was, was blown up and the two people inside passed out from from all the explosions and stuff and that didn't work <laughs> there were just like little puffs of smoke <laughs> and so it, just, it looked awful it was it was so bad that it, it it was amazing just how awful it was like I, I think it'd be great to have a wrestling game where like it's a it's a time limit match and the time limit is that there's a giant steamroller coming in and it it crushes parts of the ring as it as it slowly moves over and like one of you's got to win or one of you's got to go under the steamroller i there there was one there have been some i'm not going to talk about wrestling i am gonna i'm gonna come back because i don't want to this isn't a wrestling podcast but for the full motion, for the full motion video sections where they were were showing off this match, they showed like, oh yeah, look, Kenny Omega got slammed into the ropes and like fireworks went off and stuff, blah blah blah. But they didn't show the end of the match where it just it everything failed, <laughs> and I was the really pyrotechnics fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I was really mad that they didn't show that part, and they and I know they intentionally didn't show that part because it oh, was yeah. so bad. But I really wanted them to show it, and I was I was very distraught about that. But all in all, 
Um, still having fun with the game. It's a wrestling game. I honestly, I it's it's not as good as any of the WWE games that have come out, but I I think they know what they're doing. I think they knew that it's not going to be as good as like, you know, WWE that's been in production for the last twenty something years making yeah. wrestling games. They did have really compete with that out of the gate. They did have Ukes come on though, and they wanted and they're making it from the WWE does more simulation games nowadays, whereas this is more of like an arcade game. So it's a it's a little bit faster paced, and I I I don't know. I'm having fun with it. You get to create a wrestler. I'll probably play it more, especially since I spent like fifty bucks on it, and I'm really mad that it's not in Game Pass, but. Those are the games I played this week. Next week, I'm going to continue on playing some Dragon's Dogma. I don't know if I'll beat it. I'll probably beat it, but we'll see. We're going to move on to some news stories. We had to get rid of one of the news stories that was suggested because it linked to a New York Times article. And uh, I don't have New York Times. I don't pay for that subscription. So we had to skip that one, but that's all right. Uh, Anybody here use Twitter still? Uh, kind of. I mean, they certainly aren't incentivizing me to use it still, but I like to log in for my uh, Rise of the Rune Lords podcast. Yeah, sometimes I'll go on there because uh, somebody has their profile linked from somewhere else. I I noticed, I went to my website, writtenentertainment.com, and on the right-hand side... um, You know, it has a little, little widget thing, and it shows, like, my recent tweets... And, uh, nope, that it says cannot display information at this time. And I, I have not yeah. fixed it because I won't be able to probably not because Elon Musk, he, he thinks he's a genius, but he's just, he, he's fucking stupid. Um, Twitter, this is from Engadget and it says Twitter has begun aggressively limiting how many tweets users can view per day. How many tweets you can view per day? On Saturday afternoon, Elon Musk said the company would restrict unverified accounts to reading 600 posts per day and new accounts to only 300 tweets a day. Uh, Meanwhile, Twitter will allow verified accounts. And you know what verified means? It means they're spending money. They're spending the $8 or $11 because they're dumb. Uh, they can view 6,000, so they can do 10 times the amount of, of tweets. In short, that means paying for Twitter Blue. Uh, they can spend about a minute or two on Twitter before encountering a rate limit exceeded error. Less than two hours later, Musk said that they would soon ease the limits to 8,000 for verified accounts, 800 for those without Twitter Blue. And also, it should be noted that this does not affect web usage so if you go on the the web browser and start scrolling down but if you're on your phone and you're using the app that's where it limits the number of tweets you can read per day that's why i was having no problems because i saw everyone being like twitter broken and like i don't have the twitter app installed like i only use it on my computer or i use it in the mobile web browser and i wasn't having any of this trouble yeah, and uh, Musk has first claimed that these are temporary, and it addresses the extreme levels of data scraping and system manipulation. Sure. It's because Twitter Blue is an utter failure, and 
you want people to sign up for your stupid well subscription so program. Also, there is there is evidence that there is a lot of scraping going on because basically people are trying to get around the API limits by just using a headless Chrome browser and scraping thousands of tweets by hand instead. Like that is a real problem. The thing is, most of the time when you set rate limits, you know, which were a thing have been a thing for a long time, you will set those in like terms of seconds or like maybe minutes and not in terms of an entire fucking day. And they're usually yeah. not numbers that you just arbitrarily come up with and then just vomit out and make that your new company policy and then change it three times in the same day because, oops, I guess people use Twitter a lot more than I thought. And on a service where people can scroll through 300 tweets in a matter of seconds, maybe that wasn't a great idea. Yeah, and this this also, it that limit is not, hey... You know, you're actually viewing this tweet. You sit on it and and actually read it. It's if you're just doom scrolling and you're just scrolling along, or let's say Aroa tweets and somehow gets like 200 replies on it, and I'm like, what the hell? Somebody's replying to Aroa, and I click on that and I look through the replies. All of those count as well. Mm -hmm. One other thing that they implemented because of this is now you have to log in to Twitter to be able to view tweets. Yeah. Which, which is like... <laughs> yeah, which is why... I think why my widget broke. That could very well be. Because it's not, it's not logged in with any specific account. It's just looking at my account and saying, yeah. hey, look at all... Or just, you know, look at and post all of these new tweets. You think that it only affects the mobile app because it uses a different API to load shit and I, they they don't know how to limit the web app? I have no idea. I I have <laughs> absolutely no idea. But it's just it's getting worse and worse and worse. And there have been times where I'm just like I want to I just want to quit, but I haven't I haven't yet cuz I'm dumb. Um, yeah, a big difference for me. Let me tell you. Yeah, I bet. I, I, I bet that it did. And you're, There's you're, no... are you still using Mastodon? I mean, I have it, but I, I have taken to just uh regular old journaling and just writing my thoughts down in a notebook. So. Interesting. What were you going to ask Connor? I'm just wondering if there's actually like any good for y'all. Like Mastodon's cool, but I don't want to have to pay for an instance and. Like, I guess Lemmy, don't you have to pay to have an account? No. No. Huh. No, no, no. Well, no. then. No. Uh, and the all... only other one that I really know about right now is Lemmy, and that is to say that I know of it and know nothing about it. There's also... Lemmy is a, is a Reddit competitor. Oh, that makes sense. There's also okay. Blue, Blue Sky, I believe, yeah. which is... Where That's the original Twitter CEO's new product that sounds a hell of a lot like Mastodon. Yes, and it 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 doesn't have that many users, and they're doing like a test phase right now where they're just inviting a certain number of people in. Uh, I signed up for the wait list, but I haven't heard anything in like two months. I'm not sure 
if they're ever going to invite me or if they're just going to open it up to everyone at some point. I don't know how well that's going to do. It it feels to me like it might be kind of a, you know, like a kick thing that we were talking about last week where, hey, you know, it's going to get a bunch of buzz, but ultimately it's going to fail in a year and a half. I don't know. We are going to move on to the next story, though. I accidentally linked the same story twice. Give me a second here. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, wait, no, you didn't. No, I didn't. Very good. I did, I did the right thing. I just opened, I think I opened the link twice. That's what happened. Uh, you'll notice down below in our little blurb that I have changed it suddenly because Stitcher doesn't exist anymore. Well, no, it won't, no, it it won't exist. It won't exist soon. Um, Stitcher is a podcast app that was acquired by SiriusXM for $325 million. And now SiriusXM oh, well. is closing it down. Uh, this is again from Endgadget. So it's here, SiriusXM, the owner of Stitcher. It's focused on incorporating podcasts into its flagship SiriusXM subscription business. Subscribers can listen to podcasts within the SiriusXM app and will see an all-new listening experience later this year. So they bought it. It oh, sounds so they, like yeah. strictly to kill it. Take the tech. Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of sucks, but whatever. So Stitcher isn't going oh, no, to exist anymore. It's another anymore. podcast company that is going away. No, Wherever no. will you get podcasts? I know. It's not like there are a thousand other services that all do the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are a ton, and we're only on a few of them. We're not even on all of them. We're not on Google because you need to fix the RSS feed, apparently. I don't no, know. I, it, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with Google. Google just sucks. It does. I will say we, we are not the only podcast I know of who's having issues with Google. I think it's I, a Google I, issue. Oh, okay. I think it's because you already had a podcast on there called Read and Podcast, and Google won't replace the old one with the new one. It just it can't find the feed. It says but it can't it can. find. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea, man. <laughs> it, it says it can. That's the thing. Oh, that's like, really weird. If you if you use Google's actual like testing thing, it it shows. Yeah, I can pull it, and then it just doesn't do it. Oh, okay then. <laughs> Great. Uh, so, yeah, Stitcher's going away. Get your podcast somewhere else. I mean, the best place to get podcasts, right? It's iTunes or Spotify, really, in it's my opinion. Like the, I don't know. I don't know, what, I don't know what normal people tend to use. I only ever have used iTunes because I've never listened to podcasts outside of YouTube or whenever I've had an iPhone. Yeah. And and uh, this podcast, if you if you want to, we are we do post it on YouTube as well. I wish YouTube had a way to like pull the podcast, but there's no way for you to do that. Like, just create like a generic like splash screen, and then it just pulls the audio and puts it in there. Yeah, that would I, be I nice. Get it. YouTube's a, a video primarily first. Yeah, format. but like, but it's but, here's, but they have a podcast thing now. Like you go on there and you can you can have like YouTube podcasts and it still yeah, won't but pull they it. Have like, Why they don't have they like have a, that and Google Podcast or whatever it's cause, called? Because that's fucking Google for you. That's Google, man. Uh, we're gonna move on to the next story. 
Call of Duty has a new anti-cheat update. Um, and it says here, this is from Video Game Chronicles. The latest update from Call of Duty's anti-cheating team has revealed a new method in which cheaters hallucinate imaginary opponents. And I, cool. I love that. I am all for it. As explained on the Call of Duty blog, the game's team ricochet department which focuses on identifying and eliminating cheating in the game, has added what it calls a new mitigation in cheating. Uh, mitigations are designed to mess with the cheater's game and keep them occupied while other players enjoy the game without disruption. By applying a mitig uh, mitigation to a cheater, instead of banning them outright, Team Ricochet can analyze and gain data on the cheating software they use, which in turn lets the team better detect and ban players using similar software in the future. That is, that's really nice because yes, they could say, okay, this person's cheating, but then you ban them and they're not able to get any data from that. And if you, if you're able to like bring them into the game and kind of look at that data and be like, okay, here's how this works. How do we fix it? How do we make it so that this won't work in, in the new version of the game? Then again, cheaters are always going to find a way. Kind of like with uh, like De Nuvo and all the DRM, they're always going to find a way to be able to crack that. Uh, so it's always a game of cat and mouse, which kind of sucks. What do you think? You know what I like, huh? I like it whenever whenever developers put in novel ways of of battling cheaters. Yeah, there I, was. I don't even think this is novel. I actually think this is incredibly creative. Uh, not so much yeah. from what the article says, but there's a little more behind the scenes I wanted to mention before we move on. What's that? So the way that they do, they, they mentioned, you know, you're hallucinating other players, but it's not like it's just spawning people right in front of you while you're walking around. If you're looking at something that's got cover, like, you know, like you're standing outside of a building or something, what it'll do is it'll generate a person. I think it does it for everyone, not just the people who have the mods in, but the people who are hacking, they'll see that person like with, uh, with wall cheats or whatever, and they'll start aiming at it. But they won't put it like right next to the door. They'll put it to the side of it. You know, like you are very obviously looking at a player with your aimbot if you're detecting this. That's pretty damn smart. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm and, and then whenever you go to whenever you go to like fire at it or whatever, you're giving away your position and there's nothing. <laughs> yep, you hit our canary. Sucks to you. Uh, sucks to suck, man. Yeah, that that's pretty great. Um, there's there are other ways. I I can think of pirate. I can't really think of good. Ways that they've done it with cheating. I, I got, I got a good example. What's that? Uh, I almost said Mad Max. It's uh, uh oh, am I drawing a blank on the name? Serious Battle? Sam. That's what it's okay. called. Oh yeah, the serious. That's Sam a. You'll understand why I mix those. That's up. A, when that's, you pirate. That's what I was saying. Not with cheating, oh. but with piracy. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, what it's I was the, thinking of. essentially the same idea. It's it's punishing people who aren't playing by the rules mm -hmm. at the end of the day, and I do think that Serious Sam had a really particularly fun way of dealing with that. Yeah, you could play our game. Good luck. <laughs> there is... I, I know what you're talking about. In that game, the piracy... If you pirate the game, they will make it so that a giant purple scorpion man follows you around who's indestructible. And some people have turned to that being a speed run. Because you can still play the game... You just have to wor worry about this giant scorpion following you the entire time that's unkillable and will kill you. 
There's uh, also Game Dev Tycoon. I was going to say Game Dev called? Tycoon will uh, make it so that halfway through the game, your game will be pirated so much that you can't make any money and the game has to end. And then... Which, which that's another thing that people have people have started or have done uh, piracy runs. Oh, really? See if they can, how far they can get with the game getting, pi- yeah. games getting pirated. Uh, there's also, oh, oh, The Sims. Was it, th- was it four, Sims four? If you pirated the game, uh, your Sim would go to the bathroom. And when the Sim goes to the bathroom, it blurs the naughty bits, right? And that oh, would not go was, away. I think that was three. Oh, was it three? Uh, yeah. That would not go away and actually just spread over the entire screen <laughs> slowly. Yeah. For cheating, I know that several games have taken cheaters and put them in their own lobby. So you can only play with other cheaters. So they don't ban you, but you have to play with a bunch of people who are also cheating in the game. Yeah. Which, Which I, I think, think is, is a cool idea. I think that's fair, right? Let, let them play you know, let them cheat together and let let the people who are playing honestly play together as well. So th- there's a lot of really cool things that they, they can implement. I'm really happy that they're basically putting in bots that only the cheaters see. I'm yeah, pretty sure it's only the cheaters. I think, every, I think it's spawns for everyone, but like they'll never appear in places where you'd actually be able to interact with them. Unless, you know, you had a bot that said, hey, they're standing right behind this wall right here. Oh, I see, I see. So, like, normal players aren't going to be able to see them because it's like... By the time spawning... you get to there, it's going to despawn itself or whatever they got to do. Yeah. That is, uh, that's neat. Apparently, like I said, it's really there was, clever. There was another one called Quicksand that they have removed, and what that did was it slowed or froze cheaters in the game, leaving them wide open for attack. Uh, they would also mess with players' controls by reassigning map keys. I like that. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, so lots of really cool things. I, I really like it when they do things like that, where it's not just like we're going to ban you or we're going to make the game not work if you pirate it. Oh, that was another one. Uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. The, you couldn't fly. If you pi- if you pl- if you oh, yeah. got the game if you got the game early, there was like a date that was that was connected to it, where you would try to like glide in the game and you it wouldn't work so you just drop to your death. I I love whenever they do stuff like that, and then the the person who stole it goes and like posts on Reddit or something that like is there something wrong like is anybody else getting this bug where you just can't jump. Yeah. And and then like you'll see a response from a moderator or like even one of the devs. It's like maybe it's because you didn't buy the game. Yeah. There was another one. I can't remember what game it was, but it would it would give you an error message. Yeah. And you, people would put that string in and the error message string was actually the back end Steam account information. <laughs> So when you went to, and you're like, hey, I'm getting this weird error when I, when I crash. And it was like, oh, 
you pirated like this specific account pirated this game. <laughs> pretty, pretty fantastic. Uh, we're gonna move on to our last story, which is one that I believe Connor brought up. Um, everyone, he's returning. Everyone's favorite mascot, Clippy. Woo! Okay, I just want to warn everyone: this is total clickbait. Before we proceed, oh yeah, clip it. That well, his, just so you know, his name is not Clippy. His name is Clip It. I mean, that's his formal name. His friends call him uh, Clippy. Nathan. Actually, actually, his name is Clip It. Um. Yeah. Yes. I, I was hoping there was more to that. Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, the only reason I bring this up is because I, I mentioned last week that I was kind of diving in on the deep end with playing around with AI, like uh, the, the Google Kitchen Labs or whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, for, for a weird example, I've been watching a fuck ton of AI SpongeBob because it, it goes from being 50 minutes of shit posting to 10 minutes of some of the most side cracking humor you've ever heard in your life. And with the growth of August 12th, 2036, the heat death of the universe. Yes. Everyone thinks the heat death of the universe is coming up soon. It's, it's weird how they keep on saying that. I'm just going to not think about it. (laughs) Uh, The reason that I wanted to bring up the, the article that I did here though, is that we're getting more and more, it's not accepting, but like it's becoming more and more portable to have AI assistance just with you everywhere you go. Like it's, I mean, are you guys at a point now where you just kind of have a tab open with AI to not always ask it stuff, but just like sometimes I have a generate stuff for me. Are we at that point? Is anyone else there? Always. Hey, I need a table of combinations because I'm trying to brute force a combo lock. Could you generate that for me? Sure. 10 seconds done. I will say that there are, there have been a number of times where I've been like, I don't know how to find the answer to this without digging through a lot of search pages. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask chat GPT and see if it can come up with some bullshit for me. And like, that's, I, that's been pretty cool. I certainly feel incentivized to follow up on the research that they give me. That's one of the, maybe the only good things I'll say about Google, uh, 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 uh edges barred, whatever it's called. The, the Microsoft one. Cause it, cause oh. it gives its sources. I think yeah. Bing. I think Bing uses Chat GPT. Bing, Bing, Bing utilizes GPT, but it's like it's their own flavor of it because they gave OpenAI a lot of money. Yeah, Bard is Google's. It's yeah. it's all getting so confusing. Yeah. Bard is 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 Google's, where it'll be like, yeah, you should mix styrofoam and gasoline together. Do it. Hey, just so you know, a Roomba can hold about a pound of tanner, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's anyways before we get this podcast flagged for something uh i i just mentioned this because i think it's neat that we are getting to a point where you could just download an application and have an ai assistant on your desktop it's i mean that's about as close as i can get to having it on my watch or something like that and that's coming too it'll be here shortly and yeah. i'm just wondering what the next steps are from here uh, I, I guess as far as concluding the article, there are limitations. You need to have a uh, personal key for ChatGPT OpenAI, and you got to pay for that. I don't know how much it is. Probably about twenty dollars like, a month or something like that. It's probably too much, but like this thing will learn based off of what you're telling it. Anything that I know that so far has had access to ChatGPT four has been just blown away by what it can accomplish. And I'm wondering what comes next for AI. 
I, I see a lot of interaction and integration where it's like, this is a public face and anyone can interact with it. And that makes sense when they're at a point where they need to aggregate a, a whole lot of data. But what happens when they have all that data and it's working? Do they make these and release it so one consumer gets one chatbot that works with them and uh, tailors to their experience? I do think that's the that's going to be where we end up. Mm-hmm. Is you're you're going to have you're going to have a specially trained model that you can run locally, and then like if it if it can't come up with something, then it feeds back to the cloud, and and then we'll further train your local model, that sort of stuff. I th- I like if if I want to go full dystopian, like you're going to have where like you have a household AI model, you know, mm-hmm. and like, it's, it's going to know everything about everyone in the family and it's going to already know when you have appointments before you even make them and all that, all that kind of shit in the near term. I think we're going to see stuff like Siri and Alexa and the Google assistant completely supplanted by stuff that that's actually running off of these large language models instead of like clippy clippy will be your house assistant i mean realistically i i whenever i clicked on this article i was completely expecting that this was a little jokey thing that like microsoft garage put out but uh, it's just some random dude it's someone it's for the clickbait people will click on it because they know clippy i don't like the idea i don't like the idea of like sitting at my desk and Clippy being like, "Hey, it looks like you're not sitting up straight." Shut up, Clippy. I would actually be totally okay with like if my computer was like, "Hey, homie, haven't seen you drink water in a while." <laughs> okay, maybe I wouldn't be cool with that with the you know watching me. But like just being like, "Hey, I got your back, bro." As long as you yeah. pay your your nineteen ninety nine a month subscription to the Amazon AWS service to make us work, I have your best interests at heart. Yeah, that's the part that I am not totally happy with, at least not at the moment is that if you, if you want this shit, you're going to have to either, well, you pretty much, you're going to have to pay a subscription service for it. And I much prefer that there are the idea of, I can run this locally on my graphics card or whatever. And there are, there are uh, language models that are being developed like uh I'm pretty sure there's a version of llama that is small enough to where most consumer graphics cards as long as you have like 8 gigs of video ram you can just run it on there so uh get ready for graphics cards to cost a fuckload again yeah. but um honestly I, sorry well, to interrupt go on well it'll either be that or we're going to see more consumer TPUs, which is kind of what I hope more for. That was a little bit what I was leaning towards. If we get to a point where you could just deploy your own smart AI in your house, I could see people like having a room in their house where they just build a rack or, you know, they get it next. They have the family computer and then they have the AI computer next to it. And that's just the loud part of the house. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely... I would I would see it as if they can if they can build TPUs that their function is to run large language models, then they can not make them big loud boxes like 
the fucking actual server that I have sitting like 50 feet from me. It's going to make some noise. Yeah. It, like, like, but I, I could see it in the future being like, you're, you're buying, uh, cause there's currently one for image recognition, the, the Google Coral TPU that you can buy. It's like smaller than a raspberry Pi, and you just plug it in via USB and it will do image recognition based on whatever, whatever library you feed it. And it can do it like instantaneously, like milliseconds. It knows that is a dog, that sort of thing. So uh, I think because like Intel has already said they're pushing for having dedicated AI hardware within their upcoming processors uh apple has been on that shit for a little while now and it's been heavily underutilized so i I, that that's definitely going to be something that comes in the future i could even see it being like uh you remember whenever we had that there was a very short period of time where nvidia was producing cards that their only purpose was to run physics and they were they were uh PPUs, I, do not, I think i do not remember that but that's they, pretty they neat. had they had dedicated physics processing cards and they were only on the market for like maybe a year or two would that then, been in like the mid 2000s yeah somewhere yeah around then because i think uh, i think nvidia bought physics that would in like sense. in like the early 2000s so it makes sense it would be early mid 2000s that they would have strictly those cards because all the cards I've purchased in my life have had physics just on the card right like I think I think what happened was that they they saw that no one was buying that shit but they saw the potential in having such an effective physics API or whatever and so then they they just instead put a a physics processor on the card and now i i'd be surprised if i don't think they even have that anymore i think it's just so efficient that it's done in the normal the normal cuda units or whatever yes i i i like it i i I like and hate all of ai (laughs) because people it's it's funny because a lot of people will say like 70 or 80 percent i'm pulling numbers out of my ass but over 50 percent of people say hey i think that ai is going to take jobs away from people and only so they think okay the majority of people think that they're going to take jobs but also only like 30 percent of people think that ai is going to take their jobs and in my opinion i'm looking at my job like i yeah i could see ai doing that like I I could I could totally see AI at least taking part of jobs like you know we do we do IT work over the phone customer service over that the shit phone is going to f- just fucking you're going to have one person at every company Look and that's going to be it they're they're going to be the backup or let's think like implementing it into a ticketing system where the AI will scan the ticket and be like, oh, it looks like this user's account is locked. Let me unlock that for them. Yep. Oh, yeah. 
Real talk, I've been doing a lot of training on the back burner with uh, Power BI, Microsoft's automation tools. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff is like, we could probably do that now. I'm, I'm, I just, I don't personally know enough about the tools to do it, but I think this is the architecture that allow us to do just that. It's coming. Yeah. yeah and that, that could substantially help IT teams to be like, hey, we don't need to unlock accounts anymore. Or, it's more rare that we have to do that. However, it's also like, hey, maybe we don't need this one person because we only have to unlock, you know, one or two counts a day because AI's got everything else. And the IT team can look at, you know, working on projects or other things. Yeah, so that's, it's, that's it's very gonna, possible. That, that is 100% is what's going to happen is you're going to see the lower level jobs get eliminated uh and that i I am on board with that being a scary proposition yeah because like how do you get up to the higher level tiers if the lower level jobs don't exist anymore do you do do you do it through through education uh how do you even like you can't (laughs) like there there's some point where like you also have to have experience in a role to be able to take on that role and that's not going to happen like i don't know uh not not a not an economist or whatever i don't know how it's going to work either but uh i'm a little scared i'm a little scared that it's going to happen um but also it could it could I'm just glad i'm high enough where it it actually isn't going to affect me yeah i know before we leave i know that um you know years ago We've been talking about getting like a fifteen dollar minimum wage for since like twenty like fifteen years for like twenty since like twenty fifteen uh, is when it really became a thing. And I was speaking with somebody at my job, and he's just like, "Well, if they do that, then you know th- this one guy said that he's just going to make everything automated and bring in automated kiosks and stuff. So that way, uh, that way." They don't have to hire people at that outrageous wage of $15 an hour. And I was like, you dumb motherfucker. They want to do that already. <laughs> they, are, they are just biding their time, wanting to pay you as little as possible before they do that. Have you been in a McDonald's in the last several years? Mm-hmm. Like, even the one in my town has fucking kiosks set up. Yeah, like, if they could have a robot flipping the fucking burgers and running the fryers, they'd do that. <laughs> like, yeah. don't fucking kid yourself, man. Yeah, it's not that it's not that they're like, oh, we are going to implement this. It's we don't have this ready yet, and we want to pay you as little as possible while we get it ready, and then we'll fire you. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna end this podcast. I want to thank you for being here, Aroa. You showed up this week. I showed up this week. I was here. And thank you for being here, Connor. You showed up this week. I'm not allowed to leave your basement. Nope. You get one weekend a year. That's what you get. And I've been your host, Nathan Reince. Ruth, we'll be back next week talking about some more video game and tech news. Goodbye. Goodbye. Don't shoot off fireworks, you fucking idiots. <laughs>